Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Soberlink. The Soberlink system is designed to make parenting time safer with real-time remote alcohol monitoring. Soberlink uniquely combines a breathalyzer with wireless connectivity and is the only system that includes facial recognition, tamper detection, and advanced reporting. Parents can submit a test anytime, anywhere, and have test results delivered automatically to the concerned parties. Simplify co-parenting arrangements by using the system that provides transparency and proof of sobriety throughout the day. Join the thousands of parents who are already benefiting from Soberlink by visiting www.soberlink.com backslash family law. For a limited time, get an exclusive $50 off your device by emailing info at soberlink.com and mentioning Divorce and Beyond. Coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. Something that was really helpful to me was, you know, the minute that you feel that you're stuck, that you're not happy, that you're perhaps dealing with something you don't want to be dealing with or you don't deserve, um, starting your healing journey and going to therapy or being really aware of why you're feeling that and, and, and how is this manifesting in your life and what are you doing to conceal it or resist it? It's sort of the first start of the healing journey. Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce, and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process, so listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and today I'm very happy to be joined by Karen Millen, um, who has written a wonderful book that she shared with me. It's called An Amazing Divorce. For those of you who are listening on the podcast, I'm holding a picture up of the book, and I love the cover, Karen, because it's a picture of you, and it's such a happy picture. Just looking at the cover of the book makes you think you can have an amazing divorce. So first, let me just say thank you so much for taking the time and joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Susan. I'm so honored. Well, it's you and I have, I've, I've been seeing you on, my listeners are so used to hearing this because I find so many of my friends and guests on Instagram, but I found you um, and, and connected with you through Instagram. Um, your tag is um, Helen, H-E-L-H-E-A-L-I-N, um, wait, Helen with Karen? Yes. 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 And so, um, and I noticed your posts. I always notice positive posts and I always notice people who are trying to put out um, positivity and healing and um, a, a good vibe into the world. So that's how I originally noticed you. And then when your book came out and we connected and were able to talk about it and then I read the book, I knew I had to have you on the show. So I very much appreciate this. Um, and, and I'm happy that we're talking about this today. You and I were just talking and 
we're going to be talking about the healing process. Um, and I mentioned to you that I, I'm so happy we're talking about it because I think most people, when they think of healing, they think of something happens, then you start healing from it. And in fact, when you read your book and you hear your journey, um, you realize that healing, one, is just a never-ending process. We, it's something that we are always going to be dealing with in our life. But when you're coming into a divorce or something traumatic like this, the healing can actually start long before the, the divorce process or the separation process even starts, let alone needing to wait until it's over. So it really makes me happy to be able to bring this to, um, to my listeners. You just mentioned to me as well that you've become a healing coach. I'd love for you to just talk ab about what's involved in that. Yes. Yeah, so I, it's interesting you talked about healing before something as traumatic as a divorce. Um, Healing is a journey, and it's a journey that for the large majority of us starts in childhood. Um, most of the time, as well-intentioned and as loving, as caring as our parents are, um, just by default of how they were raised or what their upbringing was, we start internalizing a lot of messages and a lot of beliefs about ourselves. So in my example, I had loving parents who worked a lot, like most of us are working a lot, you know, uh, career, they're professionals, engineers, psychologists, actually, professor at a university, always busy, always marking exams, always preparing for her next lecture. And when you grow up feeling um, lonely and not seen and abandoned. And today with society, with our phones, we're always on our phones and our kids are beside us. And even in COVID, we feel like we're there because we're cooking and we're cleaning and we're working and we're all Zooming. But not giving our children a lot of attention creates feelings of I'm not worthy, I'm not a priority, I'm not important enough, I'm not seen, I'm not heard. So a lot of these beliefs we carry through adulthood. And as successful as we may be and as, as much as we can achieve, they drive who we are and who we marry and why we stay in marriages. And so something that was really helpful to me was, you know, the minute that you feel that you're stuck, that you're not happy, that you're perhaps dealing with something you don't want to be dealing with or you don't deserve, um, starting your healing journey and going to therapy or being really aware of why you're feeling that and, and, and how is this manifesting in your life and what are you doing to conceal it or resist it is sort of the first start of the healing journey. And I, I think that a lot of us, especially in our society today, uh, work really hard to neglect and resist. And okay, I'm feeling sad and lonely. I'm going to drink. I'm going to work out. I'm going to work really hard. I'm going to study harder. I'm going to prepare for the next sales pitch or whatever we're working on. And we neglect our need to heal. So in with the coaching, what I do is, is sort of combine a lot of my business background in creating a clarity and a vision and a mission and what what are your values and what drives you to make the decisions you need to have, as well as what's holding you back? What are all those negative beliefs? Tell me a bit about your past, about growing up and identifying those negative beliefs so that you can heal them. And part of the offering that I do is that I match you with the right therapist, 
whether it's EMDR, somatic experiencing, or just therapy, um, so that you can heal that, heal it quickly, and fly. And then find the love you deserve, find the career you want, ask for the promotion that you deserve, and sort of move ahead. Yeah, well, and I think we don't realize how much what happens in our childhood um, or the experiences of our early life play into uh, our relationships and just how we we walk through life as adults. Um, my friend Beth McCormick just posted something the other day on Instagram that I thought was so insightful and it just something you said reminded me of it. If you don't heal the hurts from your childhood, they're going to play out in your romantic relationships. And that just like for me was like, oh my God, is that so true? But most of us, what you just said, we stuff it down. We, we say, well, I wasn't abused. I wasn't um, neglected. I was fed. I was educated. I, you know, had everything I could need or, or not. So obviously it's not something from my childhood, but we all carry things forward. Um, and, and it does us no good not to deal with that, not to acknowledge it and heal from that. Um, so one of the things, I guess one of the things that I would, would wonder is, and you, you kind of referenced it, how do you know that you still have some unhealed uh, things from your past that do need to be dealt with? Is it when you're feeling stuck in your personal life or where things are not going the way that you want them to be going? Or is it just that general sense of, I'm, I'm not feeling good? So the minute that you have... Every, uh, all of the above, whenever you feel like you're stuck at work, you want a promotion, you want to ask for a raise, you want to, uh, you know, and you can't get the guts to ask for what you deserve. When you're stuck in an unhappy marriage where you're not heard or seen or putting up with abusive language or whatever it is. And as well as uh, in parenting, anytime you have a trigger, anytime you are overreacting or you're feeling a little more heated than you would otherwise feel, um, that means there's an area that needs to be healed. And if you look back and say, okay, this is how I'm feeling, and in a scale to one to 10, how stressed, how anxious, how potent that feeling is, when was the last time I felt this way? For example, if you get really upset because people show up late on, on a date or on an appointment or on a Zoom meeting, and if you're like, okay, no, that's fine. She's probably caught up or had to go to the bathroom or whatever. Or if you feel really angry and this is so disrespectful and how dare she and my time is valuable. Like when you feel like you're just overreacting, there's an area of healing. And for example, in that small event, if you look back and then you look back at your childhood, maybe your parents were always late to pick you up from school, right? right. Maybe, maybe this is something that you've suffered and sometimes it's not even your parents, one bully at school, one bad teacher, someone that made you feel that you're not good enough, you're not lovable, you're not great, you're not smart enough. That's enough to carry a whole lifetime of suffering from having internalized all those feelings. So um, yes, every time you feel triggered, every time you feel stuck, stuck in a marriage, stuck in a relationship, stuck with a friendship, um, yeah. Well, it's an and, area and, that needs healing. 
stuck is such a great word, right? You, you hear the word stuck and it almost, it's one of those um, words almost that feels like what it is, right? Stuck. You're just in that spot. And it's interesting. You mentioned the bully thing. And I had a, a former business partner who um, mentioned, you know, as a child, she had been bullied for being different um, it, it, from her peers on the playground sort of thing. And that it manifested itself as an adult into her almost becoming a bully, um, almost having an attitude of, I don't need you. I can do anything myself, which frankly harmed her in her business relationships and probably personal relationships um, because we all do need other people. We all do need to be loved and accepted. Um, And instead she found herself pushing people away so that she, they couldn't, didn't have a chance to hurt her. Right. Right. So, you know, that's a simple uh, example of how something can carry forward. This is a very successful person, but who was a very lonely person as well. And it's interesting that is a trauma response from a fight or flight. So her coping mechanism as a child was to be stronger and tougher and become the bully. Uh, Some people have a fond uh, response where they become, you know, they don't want conflict. They don't want to be seen. They don't want to be heard. And so they're all being aware of all this and how you're responding because exactly we all want to be seen. We all want to be heard. We all want to be loved. And these are just coping mechanisms that are being being a perfectionist or a workaholic is a very classic trauma response from avoiding pain, yeah. avoiding feeling, avoiding feeling lonely and feeling sad and feeling rejected, or actually the workaholics that need validation by, okay, I created this, this podcast was amazing. I need the next best podcast. Or you get an A plus on your exam, you need another A plus. And it's this because you only feel loved and worthy by validation. Because inherently, innately, you did not feel loved or good enough. Right. So you have to get more and more. And I, I see it, you know, I went to business school. All of my friends are very successful business people, entrepreneurs. And you know, I have so many friends that I see this so clearly. I know their background. I know their parents. I know how they grew up. And this is very clear. Or if you have Catholic guilt and you're not good enough and what's wrong with you and, you know, and this sort of, you grow up like that. And even though they're like, oh, you know, I had an IPO and I just bucketed $30 million, but I'm going to do a next, I need a billion dollar company. And it's like, what are you trying to prove? Right. You're awesome. You're great. You're capable. Your kids need you. Why don't you take a year off? And go travel the world with your kids who you haven't seen the last 10 years because you've been so busy on this IPO, right? So being aware of that is just life altering. And so because I did a lot of therapy and a lot of EMDR, right? and what happens with EMDR is um, eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing. And it's that, Susan, it takes a while for you to create this awareness, and have the time or the energy to go to regular talk psychotherapy or your own journaling to understand these are my wounds. And in my experience, I married and my first husband was an amazing man who did not hear me and did not hear what I had to say. And I realized through EMDR that that was because I grew up with a father and a mother who didn't hear me. So I went and I married the same person and I wasn't happy about it, but it was normal to me. I was, it was very normal for me not to be heard. Right. 
So he'd be like, where do you want to go on vacation? I'm like, well, I want to go to Arizona or LA or we're going to Miami. I'm like, I don't, we've been to Miami like five times in a row. <laughs> Next day, oh, I book us trips to Miami and we're staying at the Lowe's. I'm like, I, I just said I didn't want to do that, right? And like that was everything in my life. So, but it, it takes the awareness of knowing, okay, this is what happens. But what we understand at a cognitive level doesn't mean we're healing it. We understand it, and that helps us make a lot of good decisions for ourselves. But to truly feel like I'm worthy and I'm worthy of being heard, you need to go deep and you need to go back and, and really go back to feeling what you felt when you were eight and not heard and how lonely it was. And you sadly have to cry and feel the pain to heal it and release it. And part of EMDR is reprocessing that after you cried and you healed it, I'm like, you know what, it really sucked and it was really sad. Then you reprocess it. And part of the therapy is like, okay, Karen, you're 45 years old. You're heard, you're seen, you're successful. What would you tell that eight-year-old Karen? How would you make her feel better? And then if something just clicks that you're not eight anymore, you don't have to go through that anymore and that you are healed. And so what happens is that an EMDR has been highly researched with a 77% success rate where you are healed. Like it's not like you're giving yourself that verbal therapy every week. I'm great. I can do this. No, you feel like you can do this. And so it was my journey with doing a lot of EMDR therapy and somatic experiencing and healing that it's just the return on investment is so amazing that I'm on a mission through the podcast and the book and the coaching to help others arrive well, at the same result. I love that you point out, I remember a therapist saying to me a lot many years ago when I, I think it was when I first started going to therapy, uh, that awareness is wonderful. I remember something becoming clear to me in a session and I thought, well, light bulb went off, that's taken care of. And his comment was, awareness is just the first step in the journey. And you just said that. Being aware of the the hurt from your past or, or what occasioned it definitely is a necessary part of that, but it is the first step to the journey and what I love about you you and what you've experienced and then share with people is you have all these different tools and modalities that can help people with that healing part of the journey. Because I will say from my own experience, going back um, and re-experiencing the trauma uh, that you need to go back. You said you have to go back to being eight years old and feeling alone and bereft or whatever that is. Um, my situation was a PTSD situation from a plane crash. And I had mm. to go back to that fear over and over again um, in that mm. moment to deal with it. Not where you want to go, <laughs> but no. it wasn't doing me any good not to deal with it. And so for everyone who's listening, who's feeling these things, understand that there is this difficult part of it. There's an awareness of the hurt and then there's the journey to healing. But one of the things that you experienced and talk about so much are all these tools. You've mentioned one, EMDR. Um, can you explain a little bit more about what that is? Because I don't know that everyone understands it. I had never heard of it before it was brought in as a therapeutic tool for me. So EMDR um, was um, created by a lady who actually just passed away last summer, uh, Francine Shapiro about 30 years ago. 
where she discovered that by bilaterally stimulating your eyesight and getting you to look from one side to the other, and they have different tools to get you to do that. It could be a tapper, it could be with, with your finger, and I'm showing you on the video, or they have actually lights. Getting that distraction and having your eyesight go back and forth somehow connects the cognitive part of your brain with the emotional part of your brain. So as we talk about, you can co- it takes a while to be aware of, okay, this happened to me and this was stressful. But to actually get back there and heal it and connect it with the memories and the root of where you started to feel that belief or that trauma or that hurt, we are, like Freud said, experts at resisting, experts at blocking and repressing anything bad that happened to us. Right. And we are adaptable and survivors and we like, oh, oh, that happened. Sometimes we even carry it with honor. Oh, yeah, no, I was molested and look at me now. I'm doing great. Or so with EMDR, the process actually forces you to go back and, and, and actually bring things to memory that maybe we repressed or come up with more things and actually also feel it in your body. So part of EMDR is like somatic experiencing where it's like, where are you feeling that? Well, I have a headache or in my ovaries or I have a stomachache or in my arm. And allowing you to reprocess that trauma and really feel it and you feel it. And so that's why when it's, I can help people and I'm actually getting certified to help people deal with what we call small T traumas. And I suffer small T traumas that can actually be complex trauma, which is neglect. When you're made feel every day that you're not a priority, that the phone is more important, work is more important, and you don't spend enough time with your loved ones, you have this very inner thought that I'm not a priority and I'm not worthy. But those are still small T traumas, right? It's not sexual abuse. So small, like large T traumas are emotion, um, you know, physical abuse, being hit, being getting the belt, being repeatedly hit as a child, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sexual abuse, um, actually divorce is considered big T trauma, um, you know, losing a parent to death or incarceration, growing up with an alcoholic or uh, mental illness, including depression, growing mm-hmm. up with a depressive mother who wasn't there available for you. So when you had a trauma like like yours, Susan, um, I could not help you. You need you need a therapist who's been trained. And so there's the EMDR foundation called Imdria that certifies you. And there's three different levels where you establish a safety, right? And you have a lot of different coping mechanisms so that because you might remember things that you've forgotten and you might re-traumatize yourself, right? If it's mm-hmm. big T trauma, you know, a lot of, it's really sad, but like, you know, I have the statistics somewhere here, like three... Yeah, one out of five Americans were sexually molested by by their uncles, by by priests, by people they trusted, by their brother, by their cousins. And a lot of people, you forget about it or you repress it or you... So if th- that all comes out very clearly that you need a safety mechanism and you need a, a skilled professional to help you. Um, and then, so you, you, you relive it and you feel it and then through the whole technique, you reprocess it. And you're like, okay, you're safe. And in your case, it's like, you know, you know, airplanes accidents are actually very random. 
And, and, you know, and so you add the cognitive side and you add like, okay, but you're safe. And, you know, 30,000 flights take off Chicago every day and nothing happens. And you, and that's how you heal it. But sadly, and it's, that's why it's painful and people resist it. You have to go back and refill it and relive it and heal it. So in terms of different modalities in the podcast, I have 60 episodes and, you know, they cover, there's about eight of them on EMDR what it is, how it works, how they're coupled with um, psycho-spiritual or spotting or RTT and hypnosis and how hypnosis is another way of getting back there. Um, somatic experiencing, which is not the bilateral stimulation, but it really focuses on the body because trauma comes back to you, not as a memory, but as a response. So it's very clearing divorce, like when you have to go to a mediation with your ex or you get a text and you all of a sudden get agitated and upset, that's a, that's a traumatic response. You don't remember exactly what happened, but it's a complex trauma. When you have been living on eggshells and, and bombarded for 17 years, you get those reactions. Hello, listeners. I just want to thank everyone who has gone and already signed up to become members of the Divorce and Beyond members-only community. Those people who have signed up are already enjoying all of the exclusive benefits of membership, which include downloadable materials, the archive of the podcast, which is all ad-free. You get exclusive members-only podcast episodes, the Ask Susan Anything forum. And in fact, we've just uploaded a new answer to that. There's a monthly membership newsletter, and we're going to have videos, including the one that we just loaded from Dr. Kabeca from last week on getting your sexy back. So come on over to divorceandbeyondpod.com and join the community. It's only $10 a month, and we can't wait to welcome you there. Stay tuned for more from Susan and her guest, Karen Millen, who is here to start your healing. Because successful people have such a good coping mechanism to hide their trauma, they're actually successful. But even though they're successful, they're still afraid to ask for a raise. They're still unhappily married, taking so much crap from their spouse, you know, because they don't feel worthy. If you are enjoying this episode, check out Stop Stress from Stressing You Out with Dr. Anna Kabeca. Understanding what is happening when we experience stress, either acute stress like in trauma or chronic everyday stress that we may be experiencing right now as well and how that can affect us and how that can affect our physiology and our well-being for sure. And now we return to today's show. So somatic experiencing is another one. I just had an episode uh, released a few weeks ago on psychedelics, which is uh, a bit controversial because it's illegal in most states in the United States, legal now in Oregon, and very well known of deep healing with the native communities all over the world. And the, the guest I had is from Amsterdam, where it's legal. And you have to go with a very knowledgeable, you know, this guest I had, Natasha Pelgrim, has carried 500, you know, psychedelics rituals. And it, it, it arrives at the same thing as EMDR, where you take a, a mushroom potion um, to go back there. And you actually relieve, not just from, for example, I had a coaching client who I asked, you know, tell me a bit about your, what was it like growing up with your mom and your dad and your siblings? She's like, I had a perfect childhood. 
I had a perfect childhood, like great mom, always there, constant. But she was suffering from this really negative self-beliefs and, and uh, also divorce and so blaming herself. And it's like when that happens, it happens at the non- nonverbal level mm-hmm. and at the baby level. You know, the, not being grabbed when you're crying and being left in a car seat crying because, oh, she's just, I don't want to spoil her. Let's cry. And you're sitting on a dirty diaper. That creates trauma to feel like, you know what? I'm not important. I'm mm-hmm. sitting on a dirty diaper. So psychedelics, actually, uh, Gabor Mate is a specialist in this area. And he talks about, you know, being a doctor and being uh, extremely unhappy and grumpy and, and cross with her wife and kids. And he did a lot of therapy to go like, why am I so miserable? And he, through psychedelics, which was his last resort, came back to the fact that he was um, a Holocaust survivor and his mom gave him up to a family to take care of him to save his life. And he was left to cry for three months. You know, this the women had, you know, 12 children. Right. And their job was to keep him alive, not to like nurture him and make him feel loved and cared for. So that's traumatizing enough. So, I mean, I, you know, my purpose, and I have about 10 different episodes coming up with very different healing modalities out there and new stuff, just, just to increase awareness. Uh, and, and because what works for me might not work for you. I have clients I know that, you know, experiment with drugs more than I ever even tried. And, you know, they look at going to Amsterdam and I'm like, oh, I can do that. But they're afraid of EMDR. So or hypnosis or somatic, you know, so, you know, different strokes from different folks, but anything I can do to inspire people to heal and look deeper and get at the root is where the source of like sustainable happiness that I have experienced by remarrying an amazing man and really feeling like I deserve him. And I, you know, it's when you've been traumatized, you're like, do I deserve him? You know, do I, am I worthy of so much amazingness. And so I want everyone to get there as well. Well, and that's, you know, one of the things that um, I love is that one of the things that you do is connect people with all of these different modalities. Like people can come to you because as you just said, you know, you've got 60 some odd podcast episodes all on these different topics. There are a myriad of different ways to go through the healing process. And there are different strokes for different folks. Absolutely. But one of the things you can do is help people find the modality that's going to work best for them. Um, but does that start with an exercise with you of sort of honing in on what the trauma is and the issues that need to be dealt with for the person? Yes. So I start sort of the coaching session with the dream and the future and the exciting, um, both personally, relationship, whether you're married or most of my clients happen to be divorced. So who is this amazing, great human being out there? What what matters to you? What are your love languages? What are your triggers? What are your wounds? And then we do go back to the past. And I'm not a therapist, but I can understand trauma very well. And I do highlight and I write it down for them. These are your wounds. And this is why, this is what you shared with me. And this is your older brother. You always wanted to belong. You're the third child who got the hand-me-downs and the, you know, and they're successful people. 
So this is not, you know, because successful people have such a good coping mechanism to hide their trauma, they're actually successful. But even though they're successful, they're still afraid to ask for a raise. They're still unhappily married, taking so much crap from their spouse, you know, because they don't feel worthy. They, right. they achieved, but that's not achievement, right? When you die, you're not going to look at it and say, well, I published this many reports and I got close this many deals and I litigated and I know. Right. W- were you happy? Right. Were you loved? Were you seen? Were you, right? Yeah. So yes, I help them identify. I then, uh, depending on their budget, sadly, healing is expensive. Sadly, I have amazing guests who I would want to pair up. It's one of my biggest challenges, actually, that I want to pair them with a lot of the guests that are that you could hear her and just like, my God, she's amazing. Like Elizabeth Cohen, I, yes. I had her as well. And actually, my episode is all about how she heals people with CVT and somatic experiencing. Highly recommend it. It's amazing. And yeah, so I had a client that I just sent to her last Friday because she doesn't have a lot of trauma that is that we know about. Most of my clients, it's like very clear. She was bullied or she was a third child and really was neglected and leave my room and you're a pest and like that you carry your whole life. But with this client, she didn't exhibit any, what I, for me, we clearly said as traumatic uh, episode, you know, experiences, uh, but she needs cognitive behavioral therapy. So I have a lot of a lot of episodes on that to really mentally and cognitively reprocess. And I'm like, am I and understand it and give it a better language? Um, and then I wanted her to work with her because she does need somatic. She does need to go back because if something happened to her, it was in the nonverbal stage. So I love therapists and everyone I have in the show are people who do more because I think that more modalities than just one, because it is when you marry all these different modalities, including prayer. I had a guest on prayer and spiritual healing or an astrologer. Like when you, and yoga, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. So when you combine all these modalities, that's when you take healing to like a rocket level. Yeah. But my biggest issue that I was going to say is that all these great people are $350 an hour, $400 an hour. And so um, trying to find equally skilled therapists that are not at that bracket, it's, it's, it's one of my biggest challenges or that are available. So some people I'm like, oh, you got to wait four months for a session. It's totally worth waiting, but it'd be great if you get help right now because you're suffering, Right. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, that's unfortunately, as people get better and better at what they do, they're able to charge more and more and, and they deserve for it. what they do. Yes. Oh, they absolutely deserve it. Yeah. And, and it's uh, worth every penny. And I and, say, listen, stop drinking, buy less wine. Don't buy yourself that cute purse or that Canada goose jacket. This, the return on investment, I tell you, when you're not triggered anymore and when you feel it, you're like, man, I know I stopped on a lot of places to pay for therapy. So, and it was yeah. worth it. it. It's one of those, and even, you know, for those listeners right now who are um, thinking of divorce or going through the divorce process who are like, well, you know, my attorney's costing a fortune, mediation's costing or whatever that is. One thing I always try for people to understand is that getting a coach to help you with your issues, getting the right help and therapy or whatever it is that you need is actually going to save you money in the divorce process. I can't 
emphasize that enough. I know I've been doing this for 30 some odd years. The cases where my clients are emotionally stuck and and living in the trauma day in and day out. And in those the anger. Are, yeah. And then the, oh God, and in the anger or the fear or both. Um, then those are the cases where, frankly, I'm going to make the most money, not because I want to, but because dealing with those emotional clients who can't make decisions or who are making very emotionally based decisions that are usually poor decisions because they're emotionally based, um, it's going to end up costing you more time, money, and frankly, reintroduce trauma because that experience is traumatic. A divorce that is at that level of conflict is another traumatizing aspect of your life. It's just going to continue your cycle of trauma, not healing, which is what we're talking about here. So that was one of the things that jumped out at me most about your book is it starts talking about healing long before you get into this process because healing is something, I mean, do you know anyone out there who doesn't have something that they probably need some help healing from? So it's funny, I, st- I start, I don't know if I, st- I mentioned it on the book, but I, for me, connections and friendships are really important. They drive me, they make me happy. And I have a lot of friends and I could have a birthday party with 60 people here and I get to know you, like to know you and who you are and your childhood. And then through time, I get to know your parents. And I, I mention it a lot that if I have 60 couples that I know, so 120 people that I know really well, Maybe four of them had a perfect childhood where they say it, you see it. I've met the parents. I love them. They're like my parents now. And they were the only people, Susan, that clearly married the right person in their 20s, have an amazing career where they know what they want, they know what it's worth, and you see it and clearly. But the other, you know, 56 of them, and, and I think that's a very fair statistic, uh, no. And I have a lot of friends who, uh, and people very close to me who, who, even though I think trauma is one of the biggest equalizers, by the way, white, black, rich, poor. I know a lot of high net worth people who were sexually molested by their uncle, by their, by their priest, uh, who suffer this kind of trauma. One of my latest posts uh, in Christmas, actually, we saw the movie Home Alone, which was a very high net worth family in Chicago. Yes. <laughs> actually, my ex in my husband's neighborhood in Wilnet, and he's like, that was the church I went. That's trauma. You know, yep. being the fifth kid, and he's like, you're, you're a pest. You're insignificant. You're useless. And your uncle tells you this. Your siblings tell you that. Your parents leave you. That that is 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 complex trauma for you, <laughs> right? Taking so yeah, taking I, the- I personally feel that the overwhelming majority of us uh, can benefit from healing, even if it's a small thing. It just it stops you from suffering. Um, it could be very small things like EMDR is known for traumatic events, but I've used it in my life. So going back to your comment, I when I first got separated a lot of anger and a lot of my ex was very upset and he had all the right to be. And it was that week or two that we contact the mediator and that he started telling him all this sob story about how I left and I met this person and it's like a $4,000 bill. And I'm like, oh my God, we saw you once. We met twice. So that's, you, you know, it was 600 an hour. 
wife 4000 and she sent me this email <laughs> like and after that i went to therapy twice a week which was expensive it was like 250 an hour and after that first mediation thing our entire divorce cost $5000 which you know that's nothing that is nothing yep. why cuz we healed we healed and he went to therapy too we healed our anger we both understood why the marriage failed my ex, who I left for another man without planning to, who you would think hate me, Italian background, you would think, you know, passionate and loud. And he came to me after five sessions of his own therapy and said, Karen, I take full responsibility. I didn't hear you. I wasn't emotionally attached to you. We didn't have a secure relationship. Everything I had been telling him because of therapy. So when it came to negotiate our mediation agreement, it was with love and care and, and we became best friends from probably the first month after the original uh, separation. And it's amazing. And that's why I call the book An Amazing Divorce. And my original Instagram was, it's just amazing to see how happy the kids are, how we never fight, how we share time together, how we're there for each other. Then the actual divorce became amazing. I had all my friends jealous. I want to get divorced because <laughs> I had one night off every other night to be myself, to have yeah. wine, to go out with my friends. We, we had a buddy to, hey, can you take the kids to ballet today? Hey, you have more resources, time and even money to care for the kids. Right. We had step parents who are like amazing to them, doing homework or teaching them things you don't teach them or taking them horseback riding or in the subway, which I hate, like it became amazing, you know, not that I condone divorce, but if that's where you have to go, why not do it with intention? Well, and And, why not make it amazing, right? Right. That's where you have to go. Yeah. It's, it's, well, I love, I I encourage everyone. um, How can they get a copy of your book, Karen? Um, you can go to Amazon and look for Animes in Divorce. And uh, my website is being launched in a few weeks, uh, healing.net, healing without the G. And you'll be able to find a podcast with all of the different episodes to inspire you to heal. And you can read the book. Um, um, you can find resources. I'm putting together a list of resources for divorce, trauma, better marriage, better parenting, um, or you can work with me one-on-one, which I kind of hold your hand and take the healing process into a faster level. Well, which again, money spent up front to make the process work better, faster, and smoother is something I always advise. So I will put the, the link to the book, the link to the website, all of your information, Karen's bio, everything in the show notes. I highly encourage everyone who is sitting, you know, this isn't just an episode for divorce and you are not an expert for just for divorce. That happens, as you said, to be a big T trauma, but you know, 56 out of the 60 people have something that needs healing. So I, I highly encourage everyone to reach out for the resources, read the book. It's a journey in and of itself. Um, and it leaves you feeling amazing. So I love the title is an amazing divorce. And Karen, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Susan. I am so honored and excited to be here. 
you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond.